grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, who loves us with a transforming love, from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ, and from the Spirit who unites us all. Amen. I don't know that I've ever said where those particular words come from. They were inspired by the words that my Uncle Joe would say at the beginning of his sermons. And as I was running through my sermon this morning, as I was getting ready, I found myself wondering, what would he be saying this morning if he were alive? How would he preach to his people? And as I usually do when I think about him, I wish that he was still with us so that he and I could have sat down and had a conversation this week. Because I, like you, watched Wednesday's events unfold, and I was, perhaps like you, scared and shocked and so many other things that I can't even put words to just yet as I watched that mob of people overrun a Capitol building that I have walked in um, to speak to my Congress people and my senators with hopes of being a part of this democracy. And as I was thinking about those events as we worshiped here and friends, never have I ever missed you so much as on Wednesday night as we gathered in this sanctuary for worship. Having you here would have been a balm to my soul. Not that Pastor Stanton and Gabe and Andy and Jeff weren't present and a balm, but we would have loved to have had you here together as we processed together what happened. I met with my confirmation kids and I, I went home and my brain was still twirling and Congress was still in session and I woke up on Thursday morning to try to finish to write my sermon for today and I read my notes, what I had started Wednesday morning. Those words that are at the very beginning of the Gospel of Mark, which we heard not too long ago. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And in that moment, I was able to breathe a little bit. Because you see, the original hearers of this gospel, they were people who had just seen the temple of Jerusalem, the center of their lives, completely destroyed. They were being persecuted. They were scared. They were trying to figure out who they were in the midst of what felt like a totally new world. And they're in their midst, because they would have been gathered, in their midst, someone stands up to tell the story of Jesus the Christ. Perhaps it was Mark. We don't know. And they speak these words to them. This is the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And they would have been breathless. There would have been an intake of breath in shock. And then they would have leaned in. Because this statement, if you remember my sermon from about a month ago, this statement would have been a statement that was made about people, Roman emperors mostly, who were victorious in battle, not in Jesus, who died. 
But see, Mark was telling a new kind of victory story here. A kind of victory story that would ground them, that would remind them that they too were beloved, and that would give them the strength they needed to face the days ahead, regardless of what was coming. And so as I read those words of mine scribbled on a piece of paper, mention this, I too was reminded that we have a Savior, we have a God who is our good news, who is our victory. And even though we sometimes feel like we're persecuted, although as Christians here in this country we are not, even though it feels like the world is coming down around our ears, even as we watch a sacred building in our own country and democracy be overrun, we are still people of God who have this Jesus who shows us a new way. And I don't say that to be all there, there. It'll be okay. But I say that in the same intention as that first speaker of these words would have, to give hope. Because in hope, we are given strength and we are given courage to face whatever may come again. Because as followers of Jesus, these words aren't so that we can just go sit down and be comfortable and just kind of be like, okay, we got it. No, these words are so that we can look at our people around us, face evil, and say, here, hold my coffee. Let me go take care of this. And that's the story that Mark tells us and that Mark begins here. These are not words to pacify. These are words to give hope and strength and courage because Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, is a promise to all people, is a calling and a way of life. And already in the first three verses, Mark has introduced us to the one who prepares our way, and it is Jesus the Christ, not John, like Matthew and Luke would, will tell the story that way, but it is Jesus the Christ. And then to bring the point home that this is going to be a different kind of victory story, we hear the story of Jesus' baptism, and we get a little glimpse of the prophet we call John. It's really notable that in Mark's gospel, there is no condemnation of the people. Unlike in Matthew and Luke, there are no brood of vipers accusations coming from John's lips. Instead, John is much more humble, and he sees the needs of the people who are coming to the river confessing their sins, and he gives them hope and a promise that another is coming, who is greater than he is, who will give them the very spirit of God. Because you see, Mark isn't interested in shaming people so much as he is in weaving a story of a victory like no other, where victory is about love and sacrifice, and that everyone born is the winner. And then we see that in Mark's gospel and later in the story of Acts, the teller makes clear that it is the spirit that distinguishes Jesus' baptism from John's. 
For Mark, this new kind of victory story begins here with Jesus' baptism and the giving of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I know that Christmas gets all the fanfare because that's a pretty amazing thing, Emmanuel, Jesus here with us. But it's Jesus' baptism that is reported more by the writers of the New Testament. It's one of the few stories that's told by all four Gospels. And then we also see it told and expounded upon in Acts and then in Romans. Baptism ushers a new way of being for the early church. Both Jesus' baptism, this one who came, who is God in our midst, and ours as people baptized by the Holy Spirit in the water and the word. In Mark, the baptism story is rather simplified. Not only is there no brood of vipers, but there's no argument between Jesus and John. And in not telling that part of the story, Mark continues to keep us focused on this one, the good news bearer, who is the Messiah, the Son of God the one who will bring about a new victory. And it is this one who sees the Spirit. It's Jesus who hears the word of God. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. We don't know if the crowds or John heard or saw what happened, but that really isn't important to Mark. Instead, here in his baptism, Jesus is reminded of the promise of God to all of humanity, even as he is the one who will fulfill those promises. Jesus, having held his breath under the water, rises to breathe in the life of the Spirit and will go on to model death and life for us. Friend, this one who breathes in the Spirit, breathes it onto us. This is the one whom angels proclaimed in the Christmas story. This is the one who said to have claimed victory over death and the devil by dying, not by might. This is the one who is our very God, embodied and living among us. This one, this son of Mary, gives to us the promised Spirit the very spirit of himself, the spirit of our God. The same spirit that appears to him in his baptism appears to us, is given to us in ours. And it is this spirit that witnesses to our spirit and leads us in the ways that we should go. It is this spirit that moves in our hearts, in our minds, and in our guts and reminds us that we are given this gift, this amazing gift, not only for ourselves so that we sit comfortable and smug in the assurance of our salvation, but that we are given this gift for the sake of the world. The spirit makes our baptism about more than our own personal desires or relationship with God or our own needs or beliefs and moves us outside of ourselves. The Spirit in Jesus turns this ancient cleansing ritual into an initiation, into a life lived in service to love, love of God and love of neighbor. 
It is the spirit that moves our lovely words of all our welcome into actual action, into the real work of actually doing welcome. It is the spirit that moves our lukewarm and selfish hearts to fight for justice with an unrelenting drive. It is the spirit in Jesus that helps us to do the unfamiliar, the uncomfortable, the sacrificial acts that put neighbor before ourselves. It's why we here at first have committed ourselves to the hard conversations that will come around welcome of LGBTQIA plus people, of being more anti-racist, of advocating for those who are homeless or poor. It is why we live up to and beyond our call to be generous, not only so that we have a beautiful building, but so that God's word can be thrown out into the world to bring hope to a world, friends, that this week felt kind of hopeless. Because not only did Wednesday happen, but on that very same day, more cases of COVID than ever before. Deaths are again on the rise. And people are arguing about minutiae. It is time for the people of God to stand up, to stand in their hope and their calling, to say, here, hold my coffee or your beer, I don't care, hold my coffee, we have work to do. It's for us to do that work with courage and strength, trusting this one who was sent. It is for us to stand in the face of evil and say, no more. That's going to be really hard. We're so used to lukewarmness, to just being, going about our day. But dear ones, it is not about us anymore. It never has been. It has always been about our neighbor. But we don't go unequipped. We don't go alone. We go with this one, this Jesus, the Son of God, who gives us a new way of being that brings life and light instead of fear and death. We're going to sing a hymn. It's called Baptized and Set Free. May we be bold to live as if we are free from that bondage of sin and fear. And may we be the ones who bring light and love, peace and justice to this world. Let us sing this song as our prayer and our hope.